It is December 17th, and you're listening to Be a Better Human podcast. And I'm going to continue on today with Hannah's prayer found in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And last week we were discussing verses 1 through 7. And so I'm going to kind of review verse 7, and we're going to go to verse 8 today. And I'm just going to continue on with this passage because it's so rich. It has so much to offer. Um, And so I just really wanted to take my time with it. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in to verse 7 where it says, The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. Verse 8. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. And we're going to stop there in verse 8. So when you look at what's actually being conveyed in, in this in this in these two verses of scripture, uh it's talking about people having places where they're being influential because a prince was like, you know, the highest, you know, the highest honor. You know, prince, kings, queens, those were the highest places that people could ascend to, you know, in society outside of just being like, you know, part of the the religious system, like being a high priest and things like that. In, in the spiritual realm, the high priest was the highest honor. But in the regular, you know, society, being in royalty was the highest honor. And so I thought it was interesting how that how she, how she did this comparison saying that the Lord can raise person a person from the dust and but he also is lord over and king over the actual princes of the world and how the back then you know and even kind of still now royalty is inherited it's not something that you can just come from any family and, and end up in the palace and so that's how she says he she the lord seats them with I'm sorry he seats them with princes and with the and, and has them inherit a throne of honor. And so even a person that comes from, you know, a bad background or something like that, the Lord can overrule society's setup and he can actually make a door, open a door where a person that doesn't come from that background, come from that lifestyle, ends up living in that same in that same um sphere of influence. And uh, she's basically saying, you know, she's probably seen something like that in her lifetime or she's heard stories of how the Lord has done these type of things with his people. And so we have like even King David, he didn't come from royalty, you know, but he ended up being the um, Israel's second king. And so it, it, it's just amazing. It's amazing. The, the richness of this word here. And then, then she even takes it even further, and she says, "For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's; on them He has set the world." And so, she's like, "Wow, you know, our God is so big that this is the same God that created our actual everything that we know, you know, everything that, in the even things that we don't know, the Lord has already orchestrated so much of of our reality." And just to see that we're serving that Lord. That's who we're serving. And so she knows that um, only the real creator can do that. Only the real creator can defy things that are set up in society to that to that extreme. Because you know how even in our society, 
uh, that we live in now. Now it's a, it's a lot different where, you know, you can be like a poor person and end up with extreme wealth if, you, if you're extremely gifted in something and um, you will be elevated. But that's still the hand of the Lord because who gave you that gift? Who gave you that mind? Who gave you that, that um, not just that idea to, to um, create that product that helped the world, helped change the world? Who gave you that ability to be the athlete? So it's still really the Lord that deserves the honor for giving you the ability to attain whatever position or place on the earth that you get. And so I just thought that was really, that's what really spoke to me. And see, in this one, it says a little bit differently than my other translation on verse seven. It says the Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. And that other translation I used last week, it didn't say the Lord sends. It says the Lord gives. It's just really amazing. Just really amazing. If you think about how Hannah was waiting for this baby, wanting this baby, you know, crying for this baby, weeping to be a mother. And then she had already, and then she made that promise. She made that vow to the Lord that when I, if if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. She actually made the vow first. And then Eli granted her petition. It really wasn't Eli granting the petition. It was the Lord granting the petition through Eli. But she actually promised the baby back to the Lord before she, and then she finally said, okay, I haven't been getting this prayer answered. (laughs) I've been asking, I've been begging. I've been being uh, tormented by my by by this uh, other wife all these years year after year and I'm I'm miserable and I'm to the point now I'm at the breaking point but I realize now that everything that I get I have to give back to God because it's really his and so I'm going to I'm going to do an outward um declaration because vows meant something back then y'all when people said they said especially to the Lord people didn't play with the Lord like they do now but that's a whole nother story when she vowed to the Lord, hey, just give me this child and I will give him back to you. I, I will, you know, relinquish my control in over this child and I will give him back to you. And so after she made that vow to the Lord, then she got up and she saw Eli and Eli noticed her. I, I believe the way she was acting, um, that's how he ended up noticing her. And then he was able to say the words that the Lord will grant you your petition. And then as we know the story, you know, it did get granted. And while I was preparing for this week's podcast, I looked up what the name of Hannah means and it means favor. And it also can mean in some translations grace. And I thought it was interesting when I was reading through the passage of when she was approached by Eli, she asked him, if you see favor in me, please you know, grant this petition that I have with the Lord for this, for me to have a child. And so I just thought that was so amazing uh, that that was what her name actually means. And then her son's name, Samuel, means the Lord hears. And in some translations, it means, um, let me see, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. The Lord heard me, or or Lord, uh, the Lord answers Something along those lines is what Samuel means, and so that's an, she that's that's why she said she was going to give him that particular name and that she was going to dedicate him to the Lord uh because he was a walking testimony that her petition had been answered and if you think about that, if you think about how deep that is that through her life 
she was almost like a good representation of what favor and grace is in in a lot of ways and that's what her name means and then with her son she we definitely know the life of Samuel if we if anyone's you know read the, even the life of Saul or the life of David he was a huge instrument in those in the lives of those two those first two kings and so when you think about how this child was anticipated he was a wanted child he was a a child that someone longed to have and then she realized that even though she wanted to be you know be a big intricate of, of his story she knew that there was only a certain level that she was supposed to play or a certain part that she was supposed to play in the life of Samuel and that the main reason for him being on this earth was not for him to be loyal to his mother and this family guy you know always available for her when she needs him and when she wants him she she's like no I don't even want him to I don't even compete with his attention for the Lord so I'm going to stay out of his life I'm I mean can you imagine that kind of a choice that you only see your child once a year or so bringing them a a little coat and then you just walk out walk back out their life and you leave them in the hands of the priest or the or someone that you know is a spiritual um consecrated person because you're saying okay I know that, that he can learn from that person and he can learn the ways of the Lord and I don't want to be interfering I don't want to interfere with that process and I, and I just think about how now in our society we've lost a lot of that you know we, we've lost a lot of the letting the Lord be the Lord in our children's lives and we want to interfere with their schooling we want to interfere with their friends we want to interfere with who they choose to date we want to interfere with so much and to a certain degree yes being a parent you are supposed to be responsible and, and try to guide your child but there's another whole nother level when you're interfering too much in, the per- in another person's life where you're not allowing them to have that. You're not allowing the Lord to be Lord in their life because you're so busy interfering in their life. And so I just wanted to leave us with a couple of those thoughts today regarding this um, passage of scripture for this week. And please read First Samuel chapter 2. And just read that whole cha- that whole little chapter is so good, and and think about you know what I'm what I've said, and also see what the Holy Spirit, you know, speaks to you regarding this story and regarding this family, and this particular woman's prayer, and and in this part of her prayer, she's celebrating the Lord and who she knows the Lord to be in her life, and how her example is very it's a very good example of, you know, a persistent. She was persistent in her prayers. She was also grateful and honoring the fact that she realized through her suffering and through her petitions who the Lord is and and who she's not. <laughs> not just in her own life. She doesn't have she's not trying to have control over so much in her life and she's not trying to have control over other people. She's just allowing the Lord to be God allowing him to and she's celebrating who he is in that position the fact that he if he can if he can design the whole world in 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 the found from the foundations to how it is now and how he's able he's able to orchestrate so many things that we is beyond our scope we know we can trust him with our lives we know we can trust him with our kids lives we know we can trust him with our all our family members some of us are caring for our elderly parents some of us are doing other things for other family members other than our children and we have a lot to say in their day-to-day but we got to also take that time to step back and say okay 
Let me make sure that I'm not interfering with what God may be want, wanting to do in this situation, what God may be wanting to do in my particular relative's life. And let me make sure that I'm consulting God and that I'm that I'm allowing him to show me his will. You know, show me his his divine way and his divine ways and his his divine will, because even him working in our own lives is a is a uh, what do you call twenty four hour job. Us being in God's in step with what God wants to do in our lives is already a twenty four hour job. So I just want to thank you again for joining me today, December seventeenth, and uh, on the Better Be a Better Human podcast. And I want to encourage you to be a better human.